Welcome to the Exchange Church Podcast. Feel free to join us live on Facebook every Sunday at 10 a.m. at facebook.com slash exchangechurch. The following message is brought to you by Pastor Kevin Kelts. Who is excited to be here this morning? Who's excited to hear a good word to be um, there's something that we're going to talk about this morning that's very, very relevant, very, very relevant for where we're at, um, because how many know we've never been here before? What we're going through right now, we have never been here before, and I'm 42 years old. Uh, I can say there have been so many things on my journey personally, um, and not just my journey, but um, with going through life with people, like uh, many of you guys know me and Pastor Jared, we have been best friends going on like 30 years. That's a long time to be friends. And just in a relationship with Jared and, and, and his life and his journey, um, there's been times where I've gotten calls from Jared and he's like, man, I don't know what to do. I've never been here before. And um, as, a, as a, a friend, I've, I've called him and said, I don't know what to do, man. I've never been here, like what I'm going through or what just happened um, or, or, you know, just be, uh, even being a pastor and, and helping people over the years where, uh, you know, I remember years ago we had one of our, our board members at our church and his, his daughter, she was, I think, 15 or 16 years old. She was the mascot for the football team and all of a sudden, one day she was perfectly healthy she was the mascot at the fair and fly her. I get this phone call, and they had to get a, a helicopter and fly her. I get this phone call from this guy who's my friend. He's like, Pastor, I need you to be in Lubbock now. And that was like going to be an hour drive for me, and it was going to be like two and a half hour drive for him. He's like, the helicopter's on the way. My daughter collapsed. We don't know what's going on. And then come to find out, she had a brain tumor that nobody knew about, and it ruptured. She, it was called a medulloblastoma. And all of a sudden, we'd never been there before. And, and so what we're going to talk about, and then in this series, we've been in a four-part series, is we've been talking about, and, and we've called this series called Leading Through. And as people created in God's image, um, as, as Christ followers, I believe with all my heart that God has called us to lead, to be leaders, um, to not just be on this earth, you know, to, you know, be sucking up oxygen every day, but there is a purpose, there is a plan for your life, and whether you recognize it or not, in some way right now, you're a leader whether it be in, in your family. They're, you're a leader. People are looking to you in this time that we've never been before for leadership. They're looking for you to, to see what you're doing and how, how the decisions that you're going to make. And so uh, we've been talking about, as a leader, though, we want to lead and we want to lead well. How do you do that? How do you do that in where we're at right now? And we've been talking about three essentials for navigating these times that we live in where you've never been here before. And, and, and it's a time of uncertainty. Everybody say uncertainty. Okay. Now, who can raise their hand right now and just say, Pastor, 2020 has been a challenging year for me. I think all of us can, right? Um, whether it's been challenging, you know, financially. Uh, whether it's been ch found, uh, challenging mentally, you know, um, socially, relationally, physically. And, and what, what is happening right now is all of us are just trying to move forward. We're just trying to pick up the pieces and, and keep going. But the thing is, is that as, as we are leaders, and you have to understand that you are a leader, you're responsible for not just helping yourself move forward, but people are looking to you to help them move forward. So whether you're a parent, whether you're a teacher, um, whether you are somebody that is an executive or, you know, a business owner or just part of a family. I mean, I can tell you right now that I have four kids 
And at some point, each of them is looking to eat one another for leadership to see how they're reacting to what's going on. And so it, you're, we're all a part of a family or a business. We have a job. People are looking to you for leadership. And I can tell you as a leader that leading under just normal conditions, that's difficult. But leading right now in a place that we've never been before, it is not for the faint of heart. I can tell you that as a leader that because we've never been here before, there are no maps, right? There's no instructions. I mean, guys, it's okay in the middle of this place that we've never been. I will tell you this. It's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay to be honest and let people know you don't have all the answers. Listen, we don't always know what to do as leaders. Pastor Jared's been saying this week in and week out. Um, if you come here and you have connected to the exchange, and you did because you were under the assumption that Pastor Jared has all the answers and you can look to him for all the answers, he has been very open and honest to say, I don't have all the answers. And I appreciate that about him. Listen, since we've never been here before, we're kind of making it up as we go along, aren't we all? Like, we've never had a situation like this. I mean, these are uncertain times, and you need to realize that uncertainty is just going to be a permanent part of life. I've lived long enough to know that. You are never going to have a, a place in your life where you're not having uncertainty. And since uncertainty is a permanent part of life, uncertainty is why the world needs leaders. It's why people in your family are needing you right now. It's why your company needs you. It's why your city needs you. And I encourage you to go back in the last two messages. If you didn't hear the last two messages that Pastor Jared preached, go back, listen to them. If you did, go ahead and listen. Get on our Facebook page. Watch them again because there's so many great keys that you need to hold on to right now as you are leading people through this time. But today we're going to talk about the second of three essentials for navigating uncertainty. And this is so, so very important. If you're taking notes, please write this down. This is also very challenging as a leader, because today we're going to talk about clarity. Everybody say clarity. Clarity. What is clarity? We're going to talk about that. Now, leadership, for the most part, it's, it's pretty much just taking a group of people on a journey. That's, that's what it is. And I can tell you from experience, the challenge many times is when people are looking to you for leadership and people are following you, the, one of the challenging things is many times you are taking people to a place that you've never been. Just like what we're doing right now with this, this situation that we're in. I mean, places that we've never been before. Example, I'll put it up on the screen for you. How about this? A pandemic combined with an economic shutdown that's left us teetering on economic meltdown while navigating social unrest during an election year. Wow. Listen, we've never been here before. All of these things have never happened all at the same time. And so you look at 2020 and you're like, time out, time out. Guess what? It's going to keep going. And so you can't quit. You can't just sit down and give up. You have to get out there and lead. This is my first time, just like you, to ever go through a pandemic, okay? This is my first time to ever lead people through a combination of these type of events. And like many of you, I, I feel responsible for leading for being someone that is a light in the darkness and the, that, is, that is helping people move forward, that's helping my family. I feel a responsibility to help my family move forward. I feel a part of responsibility for helping lead never and the people that are connected to the exchange through this place that we've never been before. Now maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're unlike me, and you did. You have taken a class. When you went to college, they took you through leadership and they walked you on how to get people through a pandemic. 
and how to get through an economic shutdown. But guess what? Not me. Not me, and probably not you too. So I will say again, there's no maps. There's no instruction manual for this. We're on our own, but we're not alone. We're not alone because there are people that are partnering with us, that we have a family here at the exchange, that we're partnering together. There's people that are looking to us for direction, for leadership, for reassurance, for hope. This is the tension that every leader has. It's what we all live with as we lead. Every father who's ever lost his job, I've been there before. Every mom who is now leading her family parenting alone now. Every small business owner that's trying to stay afloat. Every manager who senses that all eyes are on her or on him when they go to the next meeting or sign in on the next Zoom call. I can tell you that as a leader, there are some principles that we're going to talk about today that are going to help you be able to lead and lead well. You see, when we live in a time of uncertainty, what people crave most is what we can't give them, and it's certainty. People want certainty. I mean, we're going through an election right now, and and it's just proof of it, because in the election, all of the candidates stand up, make commercials, have a platform, and say, I am... They run off of, of, of giving certainty to, the, to America, right? I, if you elect me, I will do this. I will make this change. If you elect me, I am going to be able to do what the person before me couldn't do in eight years or what the whole country has never done since we became a country. I can do this, and I can do it. You can count on it. And here is the thing. When you are promising certainty, like in times of election, for them, it it really doesn't matter because if they do get voted in and they do get elected and they don't, you know, follow through on the things that they said they were certain of, it doesn't really matter because you're stuck with them for four four more years. I mean, you, you can't just get them out, right? But when it comes to us, guys, how many know that you and I, we're going through this pandemic, we're going through this place that we've never been before we're trying to lead and we're not running for office okay we're just real people trying to help real people and my advice to you is when you're leading do not give into the temptation of promising certainty it is so it is so easy to want to do that because um, if you don't follow through on something that you can't deliver on and you're promising, this is the way it's going to be. And, and everybody's looking to you, and you say, I'm certain this is going to be this way. And it's going to look like this. And, and, and you're trying to do that just to get people to have hope again. And just to get people to have reassurance again, what's going to happen is you're promising something that you can't provide. Because, not because you're not a good leader. I mean, you're a good leader and you want to be a good leader. You can't provide certainty because certainty rests as a realm that you and I have no control over, and that's the future. That's where it is. And if you promise certainty when you're leading and you don't provide it, listen, you are going to lose credibility. You are going to lose people's trust. And you're going to lose your influence that you have And in times of uncertainty, these are three things that you really need to be a good leader. That's the dynamic trio right there. So here's the bottom line for where we're going for the next few minutes, whereas you cannot provide people certainty, you must, as a leader, if you want to be effective right now where we're at, you you can't provide certainty, so you must provide clarity. Clarity is important. You see, as a leader, you can be uncertain. Amen. As a leader, we don't know what's going to happen, Pastor Jared. I mean, you and I do not have this crystal ball to be able to look in. Are they going to get a cure? Are we going to have to wear masks for the rest of our lives? Is you know the economic meltdown, is it ever going to turn? And all of a sudden, small business owners can thrive and, and, do, and, and don't, don't uh, get in a place where they're not you know, waking up dreading tomorrow because they don't know how they're going to pay their bills. Is it, is it all going to change? Well, I cannot get up here as a leader and say, I saw the future. 
And I am certain. That's why I know that's why you come here. I am certain that it is going to be this, this, and this, and this, and this. Because I don't know. I don't know. I can't give you certainty. And as a leader, it's okay to be uncertain. But listen, as a leader, if you want to be effective, you cannot be unclear. Our mandate as leaders is to be clear, especially when things are not certain. Clarity is honest. Clarity, as we're going to discover, is enough. It's enough when you're leading people. And here's why I say that. Clarity is actually perceived as leadership. When you stand up and you are clear about something, clarity is actually experienced to people as leadership. Clarity in the midst of uncertainty, it creates influence. It actually creates momentum. In fact, and you've probably experienced this somewhere along the way in your journey, in any group, whether it's a family, whether it's a business that you're at, whoever paints the clearest picture, whoever has the clarity, they, when they provide clear instructions and how we're going to take another step forward, that person ultimately is elevated as a leader. Wow. So this is, we don't know the whole picture, but this is what we're going to do next. Wow. That gives people peace because clarity is perceived as leadership. So if you're in the helm of an organization or a department or a group or just in your family, listen, you have to be clear to be able to retain your influence during times of uncertainty. Even uh, what we were talking about last week, positional, leadership, titles, and tenure, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, things get crazy in times like this of uncertainty, and those don't mean as much as they normally do, but clarity will win you the day. People crave certainty. That's what they want right now. But in times of disruption, in times like we're living in right now of uncertainty, Clarity is the next best thing to certainty. That's what we're going to talk about today because clarity addresses uncertainty. Listen, when you provide clarity, it does not remove uncertainty. It it doesn't. You can't remove that. But clarity is your best bet for equipping your family, for leading your coworkers, for getting your community moving forward. Clarity says says this, "I, I don't know what the future holds, But this is what we're going to do in the meantime. This is the next step. The clarity says, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But guess what? We're going to prepare for whatever happens. I mean, clarity says, here's the plan. And we will adjust the plan as circumstances dictate us to. Okay? Uncertainty is not your enemy. Hear what I'm about to say. You need to embrace uncertainty. It's actually your opportunity. It's your opportunity to stand up and be the leader that God needs you to be. It's the opportunity that you and I have right now to lead and lead well. And for some of you, your clarity in the middle of uncertainty will actually establish you as the leader. And to be so to be very clear, have clarity in times of uncertainty. So today, I'll show you very quickly two biblical examples of this principle that I'm talking about. We're going to look at two uh, places in the Bible where we find stories, these real-life stories that happen where people were in uncertain time. And I would, you know, I would like you to think about your present situation, 2020, where you're at financially, where you're at physically, all the things that we're having to go through. But I'd also like you to think about a time that you were going into uncharted territories and, and something happened in your life, and you were very uncertain in that time because as you do that, you might be able to go, wow, I was a good leader back then, and I didn't even realize I was. Or you're going to go, man, I totally blew it, and this is how I could change and be a better leader. Does that make sense? So go on this journey with me. We're going to talk about a good old boy named Joshua. Does anybody remember Joshua from the Bible. We find his story in the Hebrew scriptures. We call it the Old Testament. And what happened was um, Moses, many people, you remember Moses, is he um, was a leader that God raised up to 
back in the day when Moses was on this earth, um, the, the, the Hebrew children, they were all, if you know their story, they were slaves at the time. Um, they were slaves to a guy named Pharaoh. God raises up Moses, and he says, you're going to deliver my people. You remember, let my people go. And there's a lot of things that happen, and Pharaoh doesn't want to let it happen, but finally he releases the people. Moses now takes all of these people, millions of people, and he takes them south to the, the Mount, to Mount Sinai. They go up. They talk to God. God has a plan for them. Uh, there's a lot of problems that happen in this whole time. But um, because Moses and the people aren't really listening, they end up wandering around in the desert for 40 years. Does anybody remember this story? And they get to a place where now a whole generation has died off the first real generation that was leading them out of slavery and um, from Pharaoh, they've, they've passed away now. Moses is getting very, very old, and God is wanting these people to actually step into a new place. Uh, he wanted them to get to a next level, to go to the promised land. Everybody say the promised land. Okay, so we got the promised land. Well, it's time for them to go there, and what happens is... Joshua now is going to be the leader. Moses passes the leadership baton off to Joshua. And the problem for Joshua, though, is that the person that had been mentoring him as a leader, the environment that he had been, the leadership environment that he had been uh, brought up in, was just, he was taught in the fine art of wondering. Just wandering around. Like Moses is not really taking the people anywhere. Just, just kind of wandering around and, uh, for example, I mean, wandering 101. He taught them, follow the cloud. We're just going to follow the cloud today, right? Uh, wandering 201, proper manna etiquette, right? And then wonder, wandering 301, snake bite remedies. This is about all the leadership that Joshua was seeing coming out of Moses. And now it is time for them to transition God's people to transition from out of wandering into warring. So it takes this leader shuttling down. And so now where Joshua takes this leadership baton from Moses, he feels completely overwhelmed. Because really, he's not ready. He's not prepared. He hasn't been in a, in a mentoring place that set him up to succeed. And so as he looks at going and taking these people to a place that they'd never been before, you talk about a, an atmosphere of uncertainty. This is where Joshua is leading, okay? This is where God has called him to lead these people. And God is so awesome. He speaks to Joshua, and it's recorded in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And as, as Joshua stands there overwhelmed, with new responsibility, looking at this time of complete uncertainty, God says this to Joshua, Have I not commanded you, Joshua, be strong. Joshua, be courageous. To which I'm tempted to ask, can you command someone to be strong? Can you command someone to be courageous, to have courage? Well, apparently so, because this is what God is doing. I mean, the implications are, Joshua, behave courageously, even when you don't feel like it. Joshua, lead courageously. He says, do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged. Again, can you command somebody who is discouraged to have courage? Apparently you can, because God is doing it right here, to which Joshua probably would have thought, well, that's sure easy for you to say, God, because I don't see you. I don't, I don't even feel you. All the feels that I'm getting right now is nervousness and anxiety, and I you know, can't keep the manna down. I'm throwing up every day. I mean, you're, oh, so, so it's really easy, God, for you just to say, have courage, because I'm discouraged. I'm looking at this time of uncertainty. I don't know how to lead and right here, I love what God says next, because you need to pay attention. The Lord wasn't through speaking to him. And the next part would be repeated many centuries later to the first century followers of Jesus. This changes everything, what he says next. See, the reason, God says, that you can have courage, Joshua. The reason, Joshua, that you can 
be strong, that I'm commanding you to do is this next thing he says. He says, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And everybody said amen. Don't miss out what I'm about to say, guys. Please hear me. The basis of Joshua's courage was not his ability to predict the forecast, his ability to know what was going to happen in the future. And guys, the basis of your courage and your strength is not on, it's not that for you either. The basis of his courage as a leader was that he was sure God had promised he would be with him. God was going to be with him. Wherever you go, Joshua, I'm going to be with you. Please, please hear what I'm saying. Now, what happens next is one of the reasons that this is one of my favorite stories as it relates to what we're talking about, this leadership principle today. What happens next is so instructive. It's so relevant to all of us today. Here's what Joshua does next. Look at this. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 10, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people. He ordered the officers of the people, because the people were divided up into people groups, and each one of those people groups had a representative that was over them that was an officer. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, and what he didn't order them to do, and what he didn't say to them is as instructive as what he did order them to do, and what he did say. See, what he didn't say is, hey, 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 everybody, all the officers that represent all the different families, gather around, gather around me. Okay, I'm in charge, and so there's nothing to worry about. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm going to be the greatest leader that we've ever had, and we are going places, and you have nothing to worry about. He didn't say, you know what, hey, look at me. I'm the new leader, and rest assured, everything is going to work out fine. I promise you, if you'll just, if you'll just, you know, not be trying to go back to Moses' ways and you'll go for Joshua's ways. I'm going to change everything. Everything's going to be okay. This is not what he did. He did not predict the future. He did not give them any promises. He didn't give them what they wanted. They wanted certainty. To be able to do what God wanted them to do next, they wanted to be certain that they were certain that they were certain that they were going to be okay. And he doesn't provide them certainty because as a good leader, you need to know you can't provide certainty to people. Okay, what he provides is the next best thing is clarity. He gave them something to do. He gave them something to do immediately. The next step. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people and he said, go through the camp. And I want you to tell your people, get your provisions ready. And then he he anchored their attention to the next thing that they were going to do. Not the entire pandemic, the entire uncertain situation they're in, just the next step. This is what I need you guys to do. Three days from now, please, Joshua's like, please pay attention. Please focus. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan River right here. Right here is where it's going to happen. To go in and take possession of the land that the Lord God is giving you for your own. Now, it doesn't get any clearer and it doesn't get any more specific than that, right? He says, collect your stuff. Get yourself ready. Pack some lunches, man. In three days, not in one. He's very specific. Not in two, not in four. In three days, you guys can know. This is the next step. In three days, we're going to cross the Jordan River, and we're crossing the Jordan River right here. Now, of course, they're thinking, wait, 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 wait just a minute. What do you, what do you mean we're going to cross the Jordan River. Not even Moses could get us to, to cross the Jordan River. Joshua's like, don't think about that. Listen, the next step is in three days. When you get your stuff ready, right here, we're crossing over. Yeah, 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 Baba. But, but our grandparents used to tell us that across the river is giants. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't focus on that. What I'm saying is the next step. Let me be very clear. Let me provide you with clarity, not certainty. Not, and when we cross the river, God is going to do everything and it's going to be perfect and you're all going to be rich and your kids won't be sick. He didn't say any of that. He goes, listen, please focus. Let me provide you with some clarity. The next step is this. Go get your lunches ready. Get your clothes packed up. Meet me back here in three days and we're crossing over. That's the next step. He was giving them clarity in the face of overwhelming certainty. Everybody knew their assignment. 
everybody knew specific time frame. Are you seeing this? This is good leadership. Everybody knew what to do next, but nobody knew what was going to happen. He didn't didn't promise them this is what's going to happen if we do this, right? They just knew what they were going to go do, including the leader. Joshua didn't know what was going to happen. Kind of like, well, kind of like the situation that we're in right now. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know when this thing is all going to turn around. I don't. But as a leader, I can be clear, and I can give you some clear. I, I, remember, I remember with one of the, the, the biggest, you know, uncertain times that we ever went through was with my son who's sitting on the front row right here when, when he was born. And we just thought, man, he's just going to be like all the other kids, and he's going to be healthy, and he's not going to have any problems. And that's how Caitlin was, and that's how Kinsey was. And then Kagan is born. And then, you know, month after month after month, Lisa's looking at me, and she's like, something is wrong with Kagan. I just feel it in my heart, and I'm just seeing he's not growing like he's supposed to, and he's not gaining weight. And we would go back to the doctor, and the doctor would say, no, nothing's wrong. Don't compare him to the other girls. Don't compare him to the other kids. He's fine. He's fine. Well, eight months into it, he hasn't gained any weight. He looks like a skeleton. And we go for another. She says she gets another appointment, and we go to the, and he goes, yeah, yeah, something's wrong. He goes, I'm going to admit him today. So admitted him as a little baby, eight months old, into the hospital. And then for two weeks, they come back to us, and they're like, we ran this test, and it's not that. And then we ran this test, and they're poking and prodding him, and it's just awful. And, 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 and listen, the doctors and the staff there, they're doing the best that they can. They want to help my son. But, but it's, it's hard when you're in the middle of, of an uncertainty because you want them to come to you and provide you certainty every time. And they're like, well, we did another test and it wasn't that. And, and for two weeks, every day, we're doing new tests, new tests. And then finally, when they, the, the doctor came into the room and, and she had a clean, I saw her, she put a Kleenex box behind her back. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good news. We need to get ready for this. And so the doctor, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in an uncertain situation where you were sitting down with the doctor and the doctor told you or somebody that you love that you have cancer. This very uncertain, you know, situation or you have a disease. But that's where we found ourselves. You know, they, the doctor starts saying, your son has a terminal disease. And then the doctor starts saying, your son's life expectancy is maybe 30 years. And I was maybe 30 years old at the time that she's telling me that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What? How can this be? How can my son have an incurable, terminal disease? And so all of a sudden, we find ourselves faced with uncertainty. And I wanted so bad to look at my wife and tell her, I know exactly what's going to happen. I remember when that girl had that medulloblastoma, that brain. I wanted so bad every day as a pastor to go in and provide them hope with certainty. And I tell you, as a young pastor in that first situation, I did not lead well. Because that's what I tried to provide them every time I went in there. And so I didn't know what to do. We're going to talk about what you, don't, what you do when you don't know what to do. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But every time I would go in there with a new scripture, telling them, promising them certainty that God's going to heal this girl. That's what they wanted so bad. And I was like, if we just do this, if we sing enough songs, and if we repent enough and we get all the sin out, there has to be some type of sin in our life. You know, this is how I was thinking back then. And, and I'm like, and I just, I got this one word. And I was like, God spoke the Bible every day so much trying to give them an answer. And I got this one word. And I was like, God spoke to me. And he says, and I remember, I remember what I said. And, and I'm not going to go into it, but I, I said, I, I, was, I felt like I was supposed to give them certainty. And guess what, man? Um, I, I promised them that she was going to get... back to where she was. Thus saith the Lord. Certainty. And even today, she's never been the same. And she went through a a brain surgery. 
But I, th- I felt like that's what they needed. And I just didn't know how to lead. I didn't, I didn't know what I'm talking about today, you know, after some years of experience now. And, and so I did it the wrong way. And then I, I wanted to provide certainty to my wife when we went through, you know, our uncertain time of getting this news. And, and, and so if you're facing overwhelming certainty, what you need is not to try to provide certainty, is to provide what? Clarity. Okay, this is the next step. So the doctor says, okay, that's tough. That's tough news. I get it. And I said, what do we do? She said, you need to do this and this and this. These are the next steps. Okay. She, she was a good leader. She says, we're going to do this. We're going to get him on this, these type of meds. We're going to get him to stop doing these things. And we're going to, these simple steps. Okay. Can you do that? Yes, we can do that. This is the step. This is what, and I, I told my wife, I said, okay. <clears throat> now, listen, back then, y'all didn't know me back then. Uh, Kagan is 14 years old. So this is 14 years ago, and I was a totally different person. And I had a type of belief system that ran pretty hard with me, is that people that listen to doctors go to doctors and take medications Stuff like that were people that had no faith. Okay? So I remember my mom's best friend, who's like a second mom to me, she grew up and she had um, mental health issues, which, listen, if you have mental health issues in your family, don't look at that as like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't. We need to be open about these type of things, right? She couldn't be open about it. In the, where we lived, in that type of situation. And, and when people found out that she was really struggling with clinical depression, which we didn't believe about, we didn't believe in the church that I came from. We didn't believe in that. <clears throat> she had clinical depression, okay? And she, the, the environment that she was in would tell her, if you go to a doctor and if you start taking meds, you have no faith in God. Because God is your healer. God is the great physician. So I don't know if y'all have ever known any type of this stuff and if this is helping anybody out, but this is where I was. This is how I was raised. And so I remember having a conversation because I became this lady's pastor years later when I'm going through my uncertain situation. And she said to me, it's crazy to me. She said, Kevin, one day it made, it, it just something clicked that I'd been sold a bill of goods. That, that that's not faith. And the people that were telling me that you can't go to the doctor and you can't get um, medication to help you when you're in a time of, of un, you know, mental hell, you're struggling with that, where you're having clinical depression, were the same. They were wearing glasses. They were wearing spectacles. And she goes, and it hit me that we, we had just compartmentalized in the church that... This is okay, but this is not. And it was totally hypocritical. And so she said, so I went to them and I said, well, if you really have faith in God, you'll stop wearing glasses. And they went. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm telling you, the next step for us as a pastor, leading a church and leading a family, was to look at my wife and say, we're going to do what that doctor said. And that was our next step. And that would provide a clarity, and it helped us in an uncertain time. But you, you don't know how much pressure I had. There were people that turned their backs on me in that time because they said, well, this, he's, he's not a real man of faith. He's listening to the doctor. And then they come to us and they say, okay, his medication right now, when he was first diagnosed, is going to be $40,000 a year. So uncertainty like we don't we were barely making it with what we have I wasn't even making $40,000 a year so I got to get another job that makes more than what I'm doing right now it didn't make no sense to me and they said hey but listen to me the next step is here's a social worker that we're going to provide with you and I was like okay this is weird. I've never been here before. 
And so she sat down with us and she says, this is how we're going to get your son the meds and this is how we're going to pay for it. And so at that time, the administration, the government, the powers that be, they had a system to where he qualified with a lot of programs with the government. And the government was really paying a lot of those costs. That was awesome. But as the time has gone by, guys, we've gone into other uncertain situations where, you know, a new, a new uh, president comes in. And, and so they have a whole, whole new administration, and all of a sudden, that's taken away from him. So how are we going to do this now? The last time, a, a year and a half ago, we, last time my son was put into the hospital, so understand, we'd, we'd been talking to the doctor about this new, so understand this, uh, there are a lot of people that live in America. How, what's the population of the United States? How many? 330 million, okay? Now, there's only 30,000 CF people in that whole population. So it's very small, very small. So they've been in the process of coming up with cures for my son ever since he, even before he was born, right? <clears throat> and so they finally get to, he even has, he has the 501C3, uh, Delta 508. That's his, that's his, uh, his mutation. There's inside of this population, there's different mutations of it. So get this, the drug that they're making, that they're calling the cure for my son, that he was gotten to, now had gone through the FDA, they're saying they're going to um, push it through, and he is, is, it's available to him. They tell me it's going to cost 200, for this one drug, $275,000 a year for this one pill. And I'm like, how are we going to pay for that? And you know what? You know how we did it? Not providing certainty, just providing clarity. What do we do now? What's the next step? And we didn't quit. We didn't give up and say he can't. He has this medication now, and we moved forward. So listen, in times of uncertainty, in times like that, that was a tough time for us, right? It, you need to be honest and hopeful, okay? Be honest and hopeful. So there's a, there's, a, there's a place where you have to find balance. Because here's the thing. If you try to act like you know everything, there are sharp people around you, and they'll know that you're lying. They'll know that you don't have the answer. So you have to be honest, when you don't know, tell people as a leader, say, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to this. Listen, if you pretend like you know more than you do, it's a mistake for a leader, and you will lose your credibility to the people that you're leading. And again, the last thing that you want to lose while you're trying to navigate people forward as a leader in your family, in your community, is in a season of uncertainty, is your credibility. The truth is, pretending always erodes your credibility quicker than admitting that you don't know. Uncertainty exposes a lack of knowledge. That's okay. When you're a leader and, and you say, I'm uncertain, and I'm honest about it, I don't know the answer to it, you will, will be exposed of a lack of knowledge. But pretending that you know everything exposes a lack of character, and people will not follow somebody that doesn't have character. Right? So, be honest. Pretending to know when you don't know is a sign of insecurity. And that's what I was doing when I was a young pastor. I was just telling everybody I knew everything. And I thought I did. I was so cocky. I did that. I thought I knew everything. The older I get, the more I realize I don't know much. And it's okay to tell people that you don't know everything. By expressing your lack of certainty, you give the people around you permission to be honest and for them to go, I don't know either. Wow, it feels good. I can, I can sleep now. It's normal not to know everything? Okay. Wow, you, you're setting me free. You send them an extremely important message in this family, in this group of people who are doing life together. It's okay not to know. It's okay. But it's not okay to pretend like you do when you don't right? So be honest and hopeful. Be realistic and reassuring. Be candid and clear. 
as a leader in times of uncertainty, never pretend to know more than you do. Always be honest. And here's a statement that I'm going to put it up on the screen, and it's something that you guys can use. That It's a perfect example of confidence as a leader in the face of uncertainty. When somebody asks you the question and you don't know the answer to the question, say this. I'll put it up on the screen for you. I don't know, but I will certainly find out. That's a good leader. I'm honest with you. I don't know, but I'm going to find out. You see, I will follow a leader who doesn't know, but's committed to finding out, committing to leading us. And, 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 and here's another one that you can use. I don't know right now, but I'm confident that we can figure this thing out together. Right? I'm glad you're a part of my life, and I'm glad I'm a leader in your life, and I don't know, but we're going to figure this thing out together. Or you could say this. We've never faced anything like this before, like this pandemic. As your leader, I don't know, but with God's help and your talent, I ain't worried. That's a good, that's, that's a good honest leadership right now. Please hear me. Our role as a leader is to do all we can do to ensure the people around us that are following us don't lose hope. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stay in despair. But at the same time... We have to refuse to pull punches that relates to the reality that we're in, okay? So the answer is not way over here, and it's not way over here. It's somewhere in the middle. It's not either or, it's both and. You see what I'm saying? You have to be honest. You have to be in the middle. You can't be this person that, that's like me. I've always been an optimist and, and try to ignore the situation, you know, so it's going to be great, and I can build you up, and I can pump you up, and you're just like, man, it's going to be awesome, so much that you're thinking, oh, this whole thing's over, and we're not going to go through anything anymore. That's too far over here, okay? Or don't be, you know, I married somebody that's like opposite of me who's very pessimistic, very a realist, and so she would be constantly telling you, well, but this has happened, and this has happened, and this has happened, and this has happened. Are you not... Are you, you know, and if you focus on all those things and you're constantly looking at all those things, what's going to happen is you're going to lose hope. You're going to like, man, I just don't want to wake up tomorrow, right? So the answer is not to be either or. It's both and. It's, it's to be a person that in the middle of your situation says, listen, I'll be honest. This is what we're facing, and I'm uncertain, but... Right? Here's some clarity. I want to provide some hope. See, that's, the, that's the, 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 the balance that we're looking for. And the last thing that I'll talk, tell you that you need to, uh, when you're looking at a, a being a leader in times of uncertainty, is this, and this is something I've learned over lots of years of leading, is please do not be too proud to seek wise counsel. If you're taking notes, write that down. Okay, it's important. Leadership, listen to me. I'll put this on the screen for you. Leadership is not making decisions on your own. Leadership is about owning decisions once you make them. So it's not that you have all the answers, right? Listen, if you don't know, ask. Be honest and say that you don't know as a leader and ask. Ask somebody. I can tell you many times on my journey of leading my family, uh, on leading a church, um, in times of uncertainty, there's so many times <clears throat> that I didn't know what to do. I just didn't know what to do. I mean, the moment that this lady tells us that our son has a terminal disease, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I know we're believing healing, and I know we're people of faith, but when that hits you right in the, the first thing, you just don't know what to do, right? And I didn't have the answers, but something that has always kept me going is that I have connected myself to wise counsel. I've connected myself to people like Pastor Jared, who I can call and say, I just found out this, this, this news. I'm in a place of uncertainty. Man, can you give me some advice? And I say, you know, it's kind of like the time that I remember somebody that I was connected to went through... I mean, y'all have heard Pastor Jared talk about his, his cousin, that she had cancer. And, you know, it's like he, he's now able to, to pull things out of that situation that he went through. 
and say, hey, you know, this is just, like, I don't know where you're at right now, and I've never been where you're at, but I went through this, and here's some advice, right? Or get on the phone and call Bishop Jamie. I've never been here before. I don't know what to do. I'm seeking some wise counsel. And I tell you, both of these guys will, will always answer the phone, and, you know, they'll tell me, you know, if I don't know the answer, I know somebody that does. They've both been bridges in my life, bridges to people that do know the answer. Like Jared will be like, you know what? I don't know that, but I know a guy that you need to talk to. Or I know this family that you need to talk to. Or you know what? I met this counselor one time. We were doing this and that. And here, let me connect you to this person. And man, I'm telling you, it is so awesome. When you, when you are honest and you say, I don't know the answer, and you seek wise counsel. Listen, I can tell you that over the years, those conversations... They never remove the uncertainty. Because I, when I was done with the conversation and I got the wise counsel, I was still faced with an uncertain situation, right? It never removes the uncertainty of the situation. But those conversations would strengthen my resolve to move ahead in spite of my uncertainty. They give me hope. Man, I can do this. I can keep putting one foot in front of the other. So when you don't know, seek out some people who might know. And they may not have the answers. They may not have all of the, what you need to do in that time, but they do have some type of insight. And oftentimes, especially during a disruption of uncertainty, insight is enough. It's enough to get a little bit of hope back inside of you that you can keep moving forward. Once again, you cannot provide certainty. So don't promise people certainty, right? Give them clarity. In times of disruption, in times of uncertainty, clarity is enough. It's next best thing to certainty. So listen, be clear, be clear even when you're not certain. This is the next step. I don't know, but I know somebody that can help us. And you're moving forward. Clarity is leadership. People will follow you in spite of a couple of bad decisions or not knowing the answers, but people will not follow you if you're, not un- if you're, if you're unclear. Right? If you don't have the next step. So, I mentioned a minute ago that two of my favorite stories as it relates to the principles of the story was Joshua. And I'm going to close with another one. And it's the story when Jesus rose from the dead. There was a great deal of confusion with the people that were the early church. They were uncertain of what was, what was going to happen next. You're going to leave? What do you mean you're going to leave? I mean, what they, would, they even asked him, what's coming next? Are you going to establish this kingdom that you've talked about? Is this the next thing that we've all been waiting for? Is this the complete fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies? What's next? And from our vantage point, knowing the whole story, right, and looking back into it, we can understand how it would have been impossible for Jesus to explain the whole thing to him, right? So, so instead of that, and giving them certainty in a time of uncertainty instead he gave them something to do he was very clear he gave them clarity he gave them something to do and guess what they did it and we're the result of it they moved forward in spite of unimaginable uncertainty living in a regime living in the around the roman government where they would, some of them had to give their lives for what they believed in. It was unimaginable. But their obedience to this to-do list that Jesus gave to them, it changed the world. If you remember, in Matthew 28, verse 18, is recorded, and then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority. Therefore, here's the to-do list. Here's the next step. I want to be clear about how you move through this place of uncertainty. He says this, I want you to go, and I want you to make followers, guys. I want you to make disciples of all the nations. I want you to make people that are followers of me, of all people groups all over the world. I want you to baptize them. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then I want you to do something else. He says, then I want you to teach them everything that I have commanded you. In other words, it's important, it's more important, guys, right now for you to know what to do than it is for you to understand what's going to happen, how the future is going to pan out. 
to be have certainty. I'm going to give you clarity. And I'll say that again. It was more important them to know what to do than it was for them to understand what was going to happen. And Jesus says, oh, and one other thing. Just like it was for Joshua. He says, and I surely am with you. So for them to have the courage to keep going, for them to be courageous, just like God said to Joshua, he says to them, the basis of your courage, the basis of your strength, for you to have hope to take this one more next step, it's because I'm with you. Isn't that good? Doesn't that provide you hope? We're not alone. God is with us. And guess what? Jesus, he was with them. And they did do what he told them to do. And you and I are proof of it. So listen, if you're a mom or a dad, you're a leader. If you're an owner of a business, if you're working at a job, people are looking to you for leadership. In this time of uncertainty, can you provide certainty to them? No. No, you can't. Don't even try. Don't even... Get tricked into doing that. It's just a trap. But what you can provide and what you must provide, and especially in times like this, is what? Clarity. In times like these, clarity is the next best thing to certainty. So be clear even when you're not certain. I, guys, I, I can't imagine trying to navigate through a time like this on your own just can't for the people that I'm connected to, the people that are watching at home in the middle of this pandemic and everything that's been going on. I'm so thankful to be connected. And I'm so thankful for a, a pastor, a best friend like Jared, who is in my life that can come in and has so many times provided clarity. And so my, my prayer for you guys this morning that you would awaken to the fact that you are a leader. And you would take that seriously, not as like this huge weight, because God is with you. You can do this. You can be a great leader. You don't have to know everything. And when you don't know everything, and somebody asks you, what do we do next? What do you need to do? Be honest and say, I don't know. But we'll do it together find the way. I know somebody, I know a guy who knows a guy. Right? And we're going to do this. So, let me pray for you. Father, I, I thank you <laughs> for my journey and <laughs> never giving up on me when I was an insecure leader. was an immature leader and tried to be all things to all people and tried to provide clarity or certainty in every situation and went around promising all these things that you were going to do. that process and that they would you know yoke themselves to you because your burden it's light and you walk with us on a daily basis and you're not somewhere far off you're inside of us always all the time and that even when we make mistakes
always there. And so right now, Father, I just speak that we're not going to be those people that struggle with insecurity and immaturity and failure. That we're going to find a rhythm. We're going to find momentum and honesty and providing clarity. uncertainty because we are going to continue to have uncertainty all the time. It's just peace in the middle of the storm. Peace to be able to move forward. Hope. Hope that lives in us. When it, Father, when people come into our lives, we can provide hope to them. So thank you for that. We love you, God. We just declare these things this morning in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. Yeah.